All right. Um, tell, I'm going to tell you a little funny. Is that all right? Before we get into the Word tonight. Pastor was asking me at lunch, where do you get all these? <laughs> so, well, you know, when you, after you, you do this two or three times and then people start sending you uh, things. And so, you know, if you, if you get a funny, send it to me. You, you, might, you, you might actually be known worldwide. Hallelujah. <laughs> or your joke, anyway. <laughs> so, two boys were always getting into trouble. And their parents could be assured that if mischief occurred in their town, their two young sons were in some way involved. The parents were at their wit's end as what to do because of their son's behavior. The mother had heard that there was a pastor in town that had been successful in disciplining children in the past, and she asked her husband if uh, he thought it might be good for the, for, to send the boys to speak with the pastor. The husband said, well, we might as well. We need to do something before I really lose my temper. The pastor agreed to speak with the boys, but asked to see them individually. The eight-year-old boy went first. The clergyman sat the boy down and asked him uh, directly, looked at him, and he said, Son, where is God? The boy made no response. So the pastor repeated the question, even a st sterner tone. Son, I ask you, tell me, where is God? Again, the boy made no attempt to answer. So this time the clergyman raised his voice and shook his finger in the, in the, in the little boy's face. And he said, and he, and he said Son, I, I ask you to tell me, where is God? At that, the boy bolted from the room. He ran directly home, slammed himself in his closet. His older brother followed him into the closet and said, What happened? The younger brother replied, We're in big trouble this time. God is missing and they think we did it. I just, I just want to connect with this morning's message for a moment in Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29, just, just look at that um, in, verse, in verse 11. And this is one of those verses that is preached and taught and referred to and, and used in messages and so on, but it's, all, it's always just pulled out of context. One, one verse and yet it has a context. How many of you know verses have a context? And we need, to we need to read the context. And so here in verse 11, for I, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And everybody said amen. amen. I mean, how many, you know that's true. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. What are those thoughts? Lord, well, they're thoughts of peace which you've, if you understand the, the word, the Hebrew word peace, it means, it's the word shalom, it means prosperity, it means blessing, uh, not, not of evil, no, no boogeyman around the corner, right? And he wants to give you a future and a hope. And everybody praises God. I mean, we, we, we quote that at graduations and all kinds of things. But then how many of you know it's got verses after it that tells us how to enter into the blessing of this promise? It says... That verse 12, then you will call upon me 
and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart and I will be found by you, says the Lord, and bring you back from your captivity. Now that's a, power, that's a powerful uh, set of verses right there. What he's telling us is he's got a future and a hope. For us, he's got an expected end. He's got a purpose and a plan for our lives, a plan of peace and prosperity. But you and I have something to do about accessing that. See, verse 11 is the grace of God. Verse 12 through 14 is the faith of God in you. It's our faith response. And we've got to seek him about, about his plan. He's got a plan. Say, God's got a plan for me and for my life. But you, it just doesn't fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. God's got a will and a plan. He's not confused about it. And when He, when he created you, He created you. And He knew you before, before you were born. And He created you with a purpose. And it really, it, you know, thank God for our parents, whatever good that they've put into us. But listen, your parents don't exempt you. They're good or bad. Don't, don't change what God's called you to do. You can enter in to the blessing of God. That's what the prayer of Jabez is all about. You know, when uh, Bruce Wilkerson wrote that book, he, you know, he, he wrote a great book about the prayer of Jabez. The only thing is, he didn't, he, again, he didn't tell us the context that that prayer was, was set in. It was set in right in the middle of the most boring territory in the Bible, talking about, about all these genealogies and all these inheritances, you know, and, and, and you, you know, you ever read through that and got a little bored? And you ask God, why'd you, why'd you, are you just testing me? You know, and I asked the Lord that one time and he, he said, son, he said, every, every person's inheritance and place in my kingdom is significant to me, so much so that I put it in my book. And you have a place in my book too. And so right inserted right in the middle of that is this prayer of Jabez where all these other guys have inheritances and it says Jabez was born in pain and his mother bore him in pain. I think it's 1 Chronicles chapter 4 along 9 and 10 along in there. His mother bore him in pain and his, his, he was more honorable than his brothers. And then he started asking for things he wouldn't have to ask for if his name was in that list. The reason, the reason that prayer is right in the middle of all those inheritances because something, the Bible doesn't tell us what, something happened with Jabez's father that disinherited him, that caused Jabez to be born in pain, that his brothers were following in his father's footsteps, that caused Jabez to have to pray, Lord, bless me indeed, like all of these other guys around me. Give me a base and territory from which I could, I could be a blessing and, and let your hand of favor be upon me so that I might not pass down, down this pain. The Lord granted him his request and he went right on down and talked about all these genealogies and inheritances again. Listen, guys, God's got a will and a plan for you. If God would do that for Jabez, even though his dad disinherited him, God's got an inheritance for you. God's got a will and plan for you. Doesn't matter what's happened in the past. Doesn't matter whether you were born with a silver spoon or not. Doesn't matter, you know, 
I, I mean, my, my, my children ask me all the time, they said, Dad, how did you turn out the way that you turned out? Because, man, there was nothing, there was nothing upline of any godliness. You know, and it was, it's like, you know, I just, when I was, I told you this morning, when I was an 11-year-old boy, I prayed a prayer. I didn't even know what I was talking about. I said, God, I want, I, I want to know why I'm here. I know life has got to be more than baseball and, and swimming and, and hot dogs and hamburgers and other things like this. I, and it's like, you know, I've been going after God with all of my heart. And of course, I, you know, there was a time when I didn't understand the Word. That's why it's so important we teach people the Word of God. And I was afraid God might keep me from what was in my heart. And so for seven years, I didn't get saved. For seven years. But, but then, you know, we got, uh, my wife and I got filled with the Spirit in 1976. And we've never turned back since. I mean, it's been, it's been a wonderful journey discovering the will, of, the will and the plan of God. And it's been awesome. I mean, my children have been healed and blessed. And we've got a wonderful family today. We've got four great children and ten wonderful grandchildren. Uh, just talk, come talk to me sometime. I'll show you their picture. We had two of them here this morning. And, and it's, 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 a one, it's really a wonderful life. I wouldn't want to do anything else than follow the will of God. How about you? And I mean, I'm, listen, guys, the only... Only fulfillment you'll ever receive is to walk in the will of God and the plan that He has for you. And we don't need to be afraid of it. And here's the thing. Listen, uh, you know, I talked about this morning, if, if all the people that really lifted their hands and stood this morning that wanted the will of God, if they really went after the will of God with all their heart, I mean, Fort Worth would, all Fort Worth would be saved. But the truth is, I mean, we have a remnant here that, that, that chose uh, to come hear me instead of watch the Cowboys. And the, the thing is, is that if you will just, with all of your heart, follow the plan and will and plan of God for your life, all, all of Fort Worth and all, all of uh, Tarrant County and all of Dallas County and all of, all of uh, Wise County and Parker County and, and other counties and then all over Texas and in different nations. God can give you a nation. He can give you a, a city. Whatever the will of God is for your life, it's bigger, it's bigger than what you can do on your own. And I'm telling you, if, if one church can impact an entire nation, I mean, can you get your mind around this? It's like I went over there and it was like, I, it, was just, it just blew my mind. Everywhere Andrew was. We went. It was like people would stop. Somebody wanted to get filled with the Spirit. Somebody, well, they'd seen him on television. They'd seen him on Lighthouse, Lighthouse Television. And then it's impacted the entire nation where they're telling us about how that, you know, before, you know, Lighthouse came on. It was, it was, it was corrupt. It was everything was, was, was bad. And now the, the nation is prospering. I mean, where, there, where they were totally run over by, uh, ruled by AIDS and, and corruption and death. And, and, and they, were, they were telling me that the, that the uh, median uh, age used of, of lifespan used to be, you know, in the low, uh, high 30s. And, and, then, and then now it's up above 50. Man, I mean, the gospel's making a difference, guys. And then, and then to see a president of a nation, I've never heard of this 
you know, since our forefathers, you know, wrote the Declaration of Independence and all that, you know, dedicated and their nation, dedicated his nation to God. We covenant Uganda to you, Lord. Man. Well, listen, guys, okay? I'm saying that not to, not to just bore you with more details that shouldn't bore you, but I mean to add more details about what you've already heard. But I'm saying, listen, this is the power of one church and one pastor and one group of people just obeying God that can impact a nation. Don't underestimate the power of one life that's given to follow the will of God. Because God has destined you for greatness and destined you for significance. And you are valuable and you're precious to Him. And He wants you. He's got a plan. He already knows what it is. Our job is just to enter into it. Yeah? yeah. And we talked about this morning that it really, it really is just all, it kind of boils down into a couple of segments. And that is simply, first of all, total commitment to Jesus. It's just... Lord, I surrender all. I'm surrendered to you. I'm not, I'm no, no holds barred. Nothing, uh, I'm no buts, no nevers. You got to get all the buts and all the nevers out of your vocabulary. Lord, I'll do anything but this. I'll go anywhere but that. Well, you, you got to be ready to go wherever. Amen? And not be afraid. And listen, God will finance whatever He puts in your heart. All He's looking for is somebody to say, yes, Lord. Yeah? And then, and then it's a matter of getting your mind renewed. That's why you come to church. That's why you read your Bible. Because there are things in the Word, even if you are 80 years old, there are things yet hidden in the Word for you, treasures for God, about the will of God that, that, will just, that will cause your spirit and your soul to come alive. Man, that's mine. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can go there. Yeah, we can reach those people. Yeah, we can, we can do this or that. Man, it's awesome. And I, and I know, you know, the, the enemy throws stuff at us and, you know, sends Christians our way to try to offend us and different things. Everybody doesn't do any, everything in a perfect way to, like, like me and, uh, and, and Charlie and Mark and Pastor. I mean, I understand that. I understand, okay, but uh, you know, I mean, you have you have people that just don't do things right, isn't that right? And they can try to get you off. Well, listen, I learned real something real important when I was when I was water baptized. I had a guy come to me, a, a prophet. I know he was a prophet. He had a word or had a prophetic word anyway, and he said he said, Greg, this God's God has destined you for greatness. You're going to impact lives but he said the only one way you'll be able to accomplish it you keep your eyes on Jesus and off of men just keep your eyes on Jesus and off of men and I'm telling you I've been doing that and you know when I'm tempted you know when I'm tempted to get my eyes on men then I, I, I'm tempted to get offended and get off of the will of God but you know what I've got too I'm too I, I've got too much to do and too much is at stake all eternity is at stake. The, etern the eternal life of souls depend on me staying in the and you staying in the will of God. And I'm like, I'm in reading the book of Nehemiah. I'm like, Nehemiah, I'm going to stand on the wall and I'm not coming down in the valley of oh no. 
Just when, they, when the devil try, or people try to get you to come down in the valley of oh no, just tell them oh no. I've got, there's too much going on in the kingdom. And I understand life isn't perfect. I tell my wife and I talk about this all the time. Every, I mean, it's like, it seems like something every week. You know, somebody's falling or somebody's failing or somebody's messing up or somebody's, you know, saying things or somebody's doing things. Well, you know what? That's between them and God. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to, I'm going to stay in the will of God and I'm going to pray for them and love them. But I'm not coming down and fussing with them. I've got, I've, I've got it. God's got a plan for Calvary Cathedral International. He's got a plan for your life. And we've got to fulfill it, guys. The stakes are, the stakes are eternal. Are you with me? And again, look, where are you going to be 50 years from now? Where are you going to be? 60 years from now. Some of you. Where are you going to be? Maybe for some of you, 70. We're going to be standing before the Lord. Amen? And He's going to ask us, what did we do with what He asked us to do? He's not going to ask us if we did some great thing. He's just going to ask us, what did we do with what I, what I revealed to you in my word and in your heart about the will of God? I want to stop and just, just ask you that. What are you doing about what you know He's already revealed to you about His will? And, and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. The, all those people that you're tempted to be offended with and you're tempted to be, you know, rent space in your mind about and all this other stuff, uh, you're not going to be able to use that as an excuse when you stand before the Lord. He's going to ask you, what did you do with what I asked you to do? Well, Lord, you know this and that, this one did that, and this one, no, no. I want to know what you did with what I asked you to do. This isn't in my notes, but this is on God's heart. Because so many of you already know the will of God, and you're letting people what people are doing, rent space in your mind, and stopping you from the will of God. And when you get to heaven, you're not going to be able to use that excuse. So I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to pull the rug out from underneath it. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. So, what I want to share with you for a few minutes tonight is just how, what God's taught me about how to make decisions in keeping with the will of God. Just how to make decisions to make sure I stay in the center of the will of God. Because, I mean, that's really all that matters, isn't it? Just stay in the will of God. How many of you, want to, how many of you know He has a plan for you now? You've got to seek for it. If you don't seek for it, you know, He's not going to reveal it to you. But if you want to know what it is, and, you know, it doesn't matter where you start. You could start, you can enter in at any point in your life. But then once you, once you begin to find out the will of God, and it's a process, it doesn't happen all, all at once. That's why, guys, let me tell you, the danger that's happening in the body of Christ, as I see today, is that we're going to all these, uh, this seeker sensitivity in churches. Not, not here, 
but all over the body of Christ, you know, where we just, we, we water down the gospel. We're not talking about the Holy Ghost anymore. And let, look, you can't, you can't fully walk in the will of God if, without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. People need the Holy Ghost. There will come a day in your life and the lives of those that you're ministering to where, the, where your knowledge of the Word or their knowledge of the Word, not the Word, your knowledge of it will run out. You, you will hit the wall. And you've got to have the Holy Ghost. Amen? So we don't need to be ashamed of that. And so these are things that God's taught me about just how to make decisions in, in keeping with the will of God. In other words, to stay in the center of the will of God. Psalm 85, verse 8. Psalms 85, verse 8. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. Say, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. And it goes on to say, I will speak peace to this people. Let me first of all start off by saying, listen, guys, it, just take a chill pill about the will of God because you cannot miss the will of God if you don't want to. You can't miss the will of God if you don't want to. How many of you don't want to? Okay, then you can't. You're not gonna, if you don't want to, now just like, just like this morning I said, you can't enter into it if you don't ask for it. You can't miss it if you don't want to. Okay? He said right here, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. If, if, you, if you want the will of God and you're, you're available to listen and you're spending time in His Word, then He's going to get the will of God across to you. Okay? Any of you ever had a GPS system in your car? I've probably used this example before, but it bears repeating. Any of you use that GPS system? You know... The GPS system, they'll tell you, you know, you go so many, a half a mile, you know, you turn to the right and, 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 and this kind of thing. And, you know, but if you pass the turn, you have this nice little lady come on there and tell you, you know, you need to do a U-turn and come back and then she gets stern with you. Does that happen to you? And then, and then she said, you know, and then, and then, and then she gets quiet and then she comes back on and says, recalibrating. And then they recalibrate another, another way. Listen, guys, if, the, if a GPS system can recalibrate and get us back on track, the Holy Ghost, if we'll just stay in tune with Him, even if we make a wrong turn, He'll get us back on track. Will He not? If you're, de if you're dependent upon Him, if you're trusting in Him. So this isn't some kind of legalistic thing. It's just, you know, I will hear and you will hear what God the Lord will speak and we'll hear what we need to know to stay in the will of God. John chapter 4, uh, John chapter 10, I mean, uh, verse 4, just look over there, John 10, verse 4. And when he brings out his sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they what? The sheep what? They know his voice, and they recognize his voice. We're going we're gonna to come back to that in a minute. And some of these things that I'm going to share with you tonight, I've taught some of these things in the past, but in the context of of, of you know, how to make decisions in, in, keep, in keeping with the will of God, uh, we, we, need to know, we need to know these things. And then verse 27, um, the same chapter, John 10, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So just, so say this, I, I'm his sheep and I hear his voice and I recognize his voice. Say, I'm his sheep. <laughs> I'm not a goat. I'm a sheep. Bah. You know what? You know what the difference between sheep and goats are, right? Okay. 
goats, but. I love my pastor, but. I love my husband, but. I, lo- I, I you know, I've, I, I believe by stripes I'm healed, but. Whatever's on the other end of your but is what you really believe. But now we're sheep, right? We're not goats. <laughs> Say, I'm a sheep. And I hear his voice, and I can recognize his voice. Man, if God spoke to Adam and Noah and Abraham and Moses and Joshua and Gideon and Samuel and Elijah and David and Isaiah and Ezekiel, and they weren't even born again, how much more are you and me? Amen. Yeah. And it's just real simple. The will of God is real simple. For his people who he has a plan for, if you've, if you've asked him, say, God, I, I want to know your will, then you've also got to agree that you can hear and recognize his voice. Because once you understand his voice, his voice will keep you on track. It'll keep you in the center of his will. If you understand that. Amen? So, here's how God taught me, and, and you may want to write these things down because there are several points and there are scriptures with it. I'm not going to belabor each point, but, I, but these are things that I might even take time enough. To, you, could, you could take it and use it and teach it in a seminar or whatever. It could be an, it could be an entire course, actually. But these are things, this is, this is the process that I go through to, that help me to what God's taught me about how, how to develop accurate and confident hearing. In other words, where I know that I'm in the will of God. I know what, what I'm hearing. And, and here's the problem I see in, in the body of Christ, okay? In the charismatic, you know, spirit-filled, word of faith, grace, whatever you want to call yourselves or ourselves, is, is that people... We, we love the move of God and we love prophetic words and, and those kinds of things. We love, to, we, lo- we love it if God speaks to us in a vision or a dream and all of that. I mean, how many of you are, how many of you are open for the supernatural? Okay. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about dreams and visions. And I mean, my wife is given to dreams and when she has a dream, I listen. When I have a dream, it's probably... Used to be bad pizza I ate. I don't eat pizza anymore, but it's like, you know what I mean? It's just, I don't, I don't have very many dreams. Uh, and, but we, we, lo- we love the supernatural voice of God. You know, when Dale comes through and he's got a prophetic word for us, praise God. I mean, man, uh, I, I remember one time I was ne- needing a worship leader in my church and we came to Revival Now. And, and I mean, I was just worshiping God and, and, and Dale spoke to me. He said, Greg, God said, Everything you need is already in the house. And I was, gonna, I was trying to hire a worship leader out from out, and God said, it's every, everything you need is in the house. And I pulled my drummer out from behind the drums, and he's still leading the worship in, the, in our church there in Decatur today. It's awesome. So thank God for those words. I mean, they're, they're wonderful, aren't they? But listen, guys, that's not the norm. That's not the primary way he leads us. Okay, can he lead us those ways? Yes. I mean, but I'd already been seeking God and I was headed in another direction and I needed supernatural. But look, he can, he can give me, a, I mean, I'm open to prophetic words, visions, dreams. He can send a donkey. I don't care. 
I don't care how he sends it. He can, you know, he can talk, you, he can send a word through you. But here's what happens by and large in the body of Christ, in the, in the charismatic part of the spirit-filled part of the body of Christ. We, we place more value on the supernatural way that God spoke than what it is that he said. And we miss the voice of God. And therefore, we, we, we only get in the will of God whenever we hear something supernatural. Because we only place value, we place more value, let's put it that way, on a supernatural word, you know, spectacular supernatural prophetic word, you know, vision, dream, those kinds of things, than, than even the inward voice that he, that he speaks to us. Are you with me? Or that, or that inward witness. And I'm telling you guys, it, it, that, that's wrong. That's wrong thinking. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to take you off. What it's going to do is, is, is lead you down a path you don't need to go. Now, I'm open to all those things. But that's not the primary way God leads me today. And, and by the way, it's not the primary way He leads you. But we need, we need to have, develop confidence in hearing His voice. And you can't even get off home base and having confidence hearing His voice, being dependent upon stuff like that. That's like, that's like God, uh, Dan, come here. That's like God, you, you ask him, you, you're dependent on that. It's like you come into church and you want God to just take you by the hand and tell you little baby, turn to the left and turn to the right. You need to come on little darling, come on this way. And, and, you know, and, and we got, it's like he's got he's to hold our hand and he's got to take us everywhere we go. You know? Listen, that's immature. Isn't that right? Yeah. They do this in India, by the way. <laughs> Two guys holding hands. <laughs> it's no bueno in Texas. I got news for you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I hold hands with my wife, thank you. <laughs> but you know, it, we we look, guys. I'm if God can if God has a prophetic word for me, I'm wide open to that. But I'm not looking for it, and I'm not, I'm not dependent upon it. I want to stay in the will of God, and God's taught me some things that help me, and I want to pass on to you tonight. And again, I'm not gonna. I'm going to give you several of the points. I'm not going to be able to unpack all of this. Okay, I'm going to give you the points. You've got, I'll give you the Scriptures. You unpack it yourself. Okay? You just study it out yourself. You're good Bible school students. You can, you can do that. Amen? So, number one, number one, it's real simple here, but spend time with God. Spend time with God, number one. Make intimacy and time in His presence a habit. The more, the more time you spend with someone, the more recognizable their voice becomes to you. Uh, I've shared this with you before, but when my wife calls me, uh, she doesn't say, hi, Greg, on the phone. She, when she, she, said, hi, she doesn't say, hi, Greg, this is Janice. What? No, she said, hey, babe, how are you? Hi, Greg, this is Janice. Why, why didn't she do that? I know her voice. I know her voice. I, I hear her voice among this whole crowd. And if I, if I hear her voice, my head turns. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Isn't it good to have, a, have your wife and your best friend, your head still turns? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. So the more time you spend with someone, the better you know them, the more distinct their voice is. That's the, that's the point here. You know, he's speaking all the time, but we've crowded his voice out by making ourselves more present to the world and all kinds of other things. You know, and, and, but the real deal is, guys, is, is he wants to reveal himself to us, but we've got to spend time with him. And the more time you spend with him, the more clear his voice comes to you. 1 Corinthians 14, 10 says there's many voices in the world. None of them are without distinction. Isn't that true? Now, now here's what happens to me more often than not. When I'm spending time with him, look at Hebrews chapter 4. And then we'll go on to the, to the next point because, I, again, I told you I'm not going to take time to unpack this. But, but this, is, this is powerful. For the Word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division or the dividing of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's, it's the Word of God is living it's powerful. It divides between the soul and the spirit. Where is the will of God at? It's in your spirit. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. Where is the mind of Christ? It's in our spirit. Now, what I need is I need, I need to separate. I need to make a division between the, the things that are in my spirit and the things that are, that are just in my soul. Okay, now some things in my soul should be like my spirit, but that's where the confusion is. And I've got to drill down and get to what's in my spirit because I, your spirit man already knows the will of God. Well, here's what, what happens many times, and this has happened more often than not. I'm, I'm praying about something. I'm seeking God about a major decision. And I put this principle to work. I'm just spending time in the Word, Charlie, just reading. And all of a sudden, I just know what to do. And I'm looking down at what I'm reading, and what I'm reading has nothing to do with what I now know. It's just that this Word made that division and made that distinction where I just know now that what's of the spirit and what's of, what's of the flesh or of my soul, and I know what to do. Now, certainly you've had those times like I have too where you're reading and something comes alive off the page that, that speaks to you about the will of God. But I'm telling you, I'm talking about another dimension here. When you're spending time with God, if that word is true, it'll divide between the soul and the spirit, then I mean more often than not, that's what happens with me. It's just like I'm reading and all of a sudden, I just know. I know what to do. I know the will of God. I get up from that place with confidence and then I go out and act on it because I've spent time with Him. Amen? Number, number two. And again, we could just, you know, each of these points you can just spend a lot of time with. Number two. I, I've got to circumcise my heart from selfish motives and preconceived ideas. Circumcise my heart from selfish motives and preconceived ideas. Let me say it again. Circumcise my heart from selfish motives and, and, circum, and, and preconceived ideas. Our flesh and our pride and our greed are voices that will hinder us hearing the voice of God. 
And anytime I'm praying about something, a direction in my life, my flesh always has a, always has a, has a uh, preference. <laughs> you got flesh? Okay, your flesh is going to have a preference. Did you know that? And what we try to do many times is we try to make the will of God the f- preference of our flesh. And it, but what I'm telling you, in order to get to the will of God, you have to circumcise your heart from the preference of the flesh. You just got to say, you got to tell God, the way, part of the way I do it is I just say, you know, Lord, my flesh would like to do this or this. I'm praying about this, but my flesh would like to do this. And I'm just saying, uh, we're not doing that unless I know. Unless I'm, I take the time and I drill down and I know what's of the Spirit. My flesh does not have a vote in this. But see, a lot, a lot of people will take that verse. Andrew teaches a lot about it. Uh, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll, you know, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And so they follow, supposedly they're following the desires of their heart. And, but they, the, the issue is they haven't really taken the time to delight themselves in the Lord. What I'm talking to you about is the process how to delight yourself in the Lord so you can get down to the desires of your heart. A lot of people, what they do is they step out prematurely on a desire of the flesh because they haven't taken the time to do this. They haven't, they haven't taken the time to, to just circumcise their heart and say, no, we're not do, I'm not doing what I want to do. I'm not, how many of you know your flesh has a will? And it ha- your, that flesh will has a voice. And it'll try to, it'll try to, um, it, it, it'll try to act like it's the peace of God when it's not at all. So you know what? I just don't give myself the liberty to make a decision until I've taken my, the time to do that. And the way I do that is I just, I just tell, I just tell the Lord, I'm not going until I know. If I have to wait until I know, I'll just wait. And I'm not giving my flesh authority. My flesh doesn't have a vote in this. Are you with me? See, if, if you'll do this, you'll make decisions in, wis- decisions in wisdom. How many of you would like to walk in wisdom all the time? Okay, here's how you walk in wisdom. You want to know? You really do? Let me see. You want to walk in wisdom? Okay, wisdom and love are sisters. Wisdom and love are sisters. If you'll take the time to, put, to keep your flesh desires under, in other words, what is, my best in, what is in my best interest, and you and you rather get down to what love would do, which is always in the best interest of others, wisdom will always be there. And that's what we... we Paul Milligan and I, Paul was a, an elder in our church. He, he's uh, on Andrew's board. Now, we, would just, we just helped each other with this. And I tell you, that's why godly counsel is important. And, this, and that's where I thank God for pastors. <laughs> And thank God pastors need pastors. And that's what I would do with pastor. I didn't, I didn't bother him, but if I, if I had a decision to make and I wasn't sure, I'd pick up the phone and call him. And one thing you've got you to know about pastor is he's going to shoot straight with you. He's going to tell you if he sees flesh or, you know, he see, and, that's, and that's okay, but we need that, don't we? We need relationships in our lives that can help us to see areas because each of us has blind spots. In this area of the flesh, we have blind spots. So what I need is relationships with people that can speak into my life and tell me, now Greg, no, that doesn't, this doesn't sound like the spirit. It sounds like there's still some flesh involved. And so if, I'm, if I say that pastor is my pastor, then, I, then, 
then my job then is to listen to him and not go out and act. You know, I have people that called me pastor and they come to me for counsel and they'd already had the decision made, their mind made up. What, what are you coming to me for? Yeah? Why are you coming to me for? If you've already got your mind made up, just go on. And let the rough end drag. Because that's what's going to happen. And you're going to be upset at God. And it's just because you haven't listened to my wonderful seminar here. No, it's because you haven't taken the time to put, to put the flesh under and make sure that you've circumcised your heart. Y'all understand what I'm talking about here? Okay, okay. Well, I mean, it's, that's, that's what Gethsemane was all about. Jesus didn't want to die. I mean, his flesh didn't want to die. Yeah? So, you know, you, you just have to... You have to what, what this step does, it establishes the will of God as a higher priority than fleshly whims, desires, or comfort. And as long as comfort and convenience and expedience... Uh, you know, is, is, the, is a priority to you, you're not going to stay in the will of God. You're going to get taken out all the time. So, uh, number three. And again, I could just, I could take a long time with each of these, but I think you've got it. Number three. Uh, maybe there was, maybe there was a, uh, well, let me give you a scripture on this one, okay? It's good to have a scripture, isn't it? Matthew 6, 6, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, then pray. Shut your door. Shut your door on what? On what? On all your preconceived ideas, whatever your pre flesh preferences are. You get in prayer and shut the door on all that until you can come out and, and know that, you're, that you've, you've got the will of God. Amen? All right, number three, have a heart ready to obey. We're talking about making decisions that are in keeping with the will of God. And we make them all the time. See, it's not a matter that you just started in the will of God. It's a matter, guys, that we need to stay in the will of God. Yeah? We need to stay in the will of God. Have a heart ready to obey God. What does that mean? Just keep a yes in your spirit to God all the time. Everybody say, yes, Lord. This, this is a kind of heart that's instant to obey Him once you're certain of God's voice. Hebrews 3, verse 7 says, today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Don't say, no, Lord. Today. How many of you want to hear His voice today? If you're going to hear His voice today and stay in the will of God, don't harden your heart. How can you harden your heart? Uh, no, Lord. No, Lord, you know I don't have enough money to do that. No, Lord, you know I, can't, you know, I don't have enough education. No, Lord, you know I'm too old. No, Lord, you know I'm too young. No, Lord, you know I'm too female. No, Lord, you know I'm too male. No, poor God, he didn't know about that, did he? Did he know that, Betsy, before he asked you to do it? Did he know? Did God know? Okay, well then, when he asked you to do it, what, what's the answer? It's real simple. Yes, Lord. Everybody say, yes, Lord. Now, I'm not going to say yes until I know it's him, but once I know it's him, the answer is yes, Lord. And, and I've, I've shared this, I know I've shared this with you guys before, but um, what the Lord desires is the same thing that every man that's married in here desires. The Lord desires a responsive bride. A responsive bride. How many of you gals would like to know what your husbands want? Okay, I didn't see any hands. How many hands? Okay. 
All right. What your, what your husband wants is a responsive bride. And all the guys said? A responsive bride. And, and that's what the Lord wants. He wants us just to be responsive to Him. See, we want the will of God, but, we, but yet we want to reserve the right to just say, be selective about our, about our response to Him. It's, there's no, listen, there's no select, the selection, the select button is removed if you want the will of God. It's yes, Lord. All I've got to know is if it's Him. If it's Him, it's yes, Lord. I'm talking about how to stay in, in, in the will of God. Make decisions that will keep you in the will of God. It's always yes, Lord. Whatever you want me to go, wherever you want me to do, it's yes, Lord. If I know it's Him, Steve, I'm going to do it. Yeah? And, and so everybody say yes, Lord. So you, and again, you've got to get the nevers out of your vocabulary. What was the last thing that you know God spoke to you about? Have you been obedient to that? Have you been obedient to that? No, get condemned about it. Sometimes the opportunity's passed. But if you're going to stay in the will of God, then you need to repent about that and just say, yes, Lord. If you reveal something to me, if you put someone on my heart, you know, my wife would come to me all the time. She still does this. This woman that God gave me that said she's a pastor's wife. <laughs> she comes to me and tells, she doesn't, she announces to me what God spoke to her. She's going to take, to these wealthy people, she's going to take toilet paper, and light, good toilet paper, by the way, light bulbs, a roast, and something else. Toothpicks or something else. I said, <laughs> you're going to take toilet paper to these wealthy people. And she said, yeah, God told me to. I said, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to argue for, for, with God on her behalf. And she's just, she's just already, she's already bought it. She's just telling me she's going. And she goes over there, you know, to these, this, these, but here's the thing about wealthy people. Most people don't know. Nobody ever gives to them. Nobody ever thinks about it. What people think about is they want what they can take from them. So Janice goes and blesses them. And they're, oh my God, <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> how did you know I was going to go to the store? <laughs> they're all, you know. God was thinking about me, oh, you know, all this stuff. Well, she gets the blessing of that, and I'm feeling like, you know, this, this low, because... Because she's hearing God about toilet paper. I mean, I promise you, I'm not hearing God about toilet paper, okay? That's one of the butts in my life. I, gotta, I know I gotta, I know I gotta get out. <laughs> but I haven't yet ever heard him about that. Just hadn't quite, you know, made it through to this male psyche, you know? But to the female psyche, man, it's important. It's a big deal. And, and is, is it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I could digress here. I better, I better move on. I better move. We spent, we spent $30,000 30, trying to, reaching out to guests by, by fixing up the bathrooms in our church. Especially foo-foo for the ladies, you know, all the, all the bath and body works and all the 
stuff. Anyway, so you know it's yes, Lord. Everybody say yes, Lord. And, and we don't we don't say no. We don't say no even in toilet paper. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So number four, and this is huge. And I, again, I'm just I'm really not I'm not doing all this justice, but I'm giving you scriptures and. So, did I give you a scripture on that one? Yeah, Hebrews, Hebrews 13. If you Today, if you want to hear his voice, the answer is yes, Lord. Amen. So, here, here's one. Actually, this one has points within points, okay? And so, again, I'm not trying to just overload you with points, but this is, this is huge. This, is, this, one, this one is probably, uh, this is the mega point, all right? Know the character of God. Number four, know the character of God. I said know the character of God. Okay, and here's the, here's what, <clears throat> the reason why this is so important. I've had people come to me before and tell me God's told them to do this or that or this or that. And, and I, I want to tell them, no, that isn't God. And I usually don't tell them unless, they're, you know, unless they ask me what I'm thinking. Okay, but, but what I do, how, how can I measure whether God's talking to someone else or not? Well, I can't because that's between them and God, but I can measure whether it lines up with His character. And see, I don't care how supernatural the voice is. I don't care how prophetic it is. I've had, I've had off-the-wall prophetic things spoken, and I've heard them in churches, and, other, and, and I know sometimes I'll have to get up in church and straighten it out. But I know it's not God, absolutely not God, because it violates His character. I don't care how prophetic, how many visions or dreams you had. Listen, Joseph Smith started a cult on a supernatural, supposed supernatural visitation. You've got to judge your visitations and your encounters with God. And how are you going to do that? You've got to, you've got to know the character of God. If you don't know the character of God, you're susceptible to being deceived. And if the, if the devil can't keep you out of the will of God, he's going to try to get you off in the ditch with some deception. And so you've got to know the character of God. And so I'm going to give you here quickly with Scripture, but just eight. Everybody say eight. You can write them down or get the CD. But, but eight certain character traits that you can... That it's a screen that I run everything that I hear. Everything I hear. Doesn't matter if I hear, a, if there's an a, 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 a inward voice, I think God's telling me, Philip, to do a certain thing. It doesn't matter. Or, or I get a prophetic word from someone. I run everything through the screen of what I know about His character. And when I do that, I'm telling you, I'm safe. And I don't miss God. I'm accurate in hearing God. And I don't get off. So number one, he's faithful, he's faithful to his word. 2 Corinthians 4.13. He's faithful to his word. Everybody says faithful to his word. So what, what, does that, what does that mean? He's not, he's not, anything he speaks to you is going to be in line with his word. He's not going to tell you. I mean, I've had people come to me in church. I know nobody like, hears like this, but I've had people come to me. I mean, nobody here in here like Calvary, but I've had come, people come to me and tell me, I found my soulmate. And they're married. Yeah, they found their soulmate. And it's not their mate, it's not their spouse. I said, no, man, you just need to go get baptized again. Okay? In repentance. All right? You, you know, you, your soulmate, 
look, guys, <laughs> there is no such thing as greener grass. Just water your own. If your grass is dry, water it. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. You need to repent and water, your, water that relationship. Hallelujah. The 2 Corinthians 4, 13, we having the, uh, let me, we having the same spirit of faith uh, according to what is written, or basically according to what is written. Uh, so everything, everything that every prophetic word, everything you got to line it up with according to what it's written, and that's why it's dangerous today. People, people trying to dissect the Word of God. I hear it because I'm in Bible. I'm teaching in Bible school up there, and there's there's stuff in the name of grace. It's not grace at all. When they throw out the Old Testament. You know, they throw out the Gospels. The only one that's supposedly got any revelation anymore is the Apostle Paul and all this garbage, okay? And they try to tell you that it's the, go it's the gospel according to them. And that's the gospel. And, you, you know, in the Scripture, the Scripture isn't, isn't important anymore. And, you know, look, those you, people that talk like that, you just need, you need to, they're headed down a wrong road, okay? So you've you got to line everything up with the Word. Then number two, his voice produces peace. Peace. All the paths of wisdom are peace. Let the peace of God umpire in your heart. And in James, that's Proverbs 3.17, Colossians 3.15, James 4.17, the wisdom from above is first peaceable. I mean, listen, guys, God's, God's voice to you is going to produce peace, not confusion. And if you heard some prophetic word, you, you got a vision or dream, it throws you off into confusion. I'm just telling you, it's not God. Chunk it. Set it on the shelf. You're not obligated to act on it. And number three, his voice and leading will bring liberty and not bondage. Liberty. Everybody say liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. The Son has come to set us free. I mean, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 3.17, John 8.32, uh, then number four, he is patient. He's patient. Everybody say he's patient. Uh, rather than impulsive or hasty. First uh, Corinthians thirteen four. Love is first what? Love is patient. See, I had a guy come to me uh, several months ago. He was uh, he was sixty years old. He's been divorced three times. He's 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 found this he's. On a missions trip, he found this European gal who's 35, and you know the Lord's brought them together. And I'm not really, I'm not Cupid, and I'm not. That's I'm not saying a 65 year old. I mean, 60 year old can't get together with a 35 year old. But you've got two or three strikes against you right there. You've got, you know, you've got the cultural difference. You've got the age difference. And I just said, look, I'm not trying to tell you whether God's in this or not, but, I, but I'm telling you this. One thing I know. You, one thing you're missing right now. I know is not God. I know that the Lord is patient. I know that love is patient. And I'm just telling you, I know you, you're going to get mad at me, but you're not walking in love toward this girl. You don't love this girl. You're in love with what love does for you. You don't love her. 
You're not manifesting love to her. Why? Because you're rushing into this instead of making time your friend. I'm not saying the what is wrong. I'm saying the way it's happening is wrong. And he didn't listen. He got mad. And, you know, and that's what happens. You, know, you come to the pastor and he tells you the truth. He doesn't t tell you what you want to hear. And, and then people get upset and leave the church. But thank God for somebody that tells you the truth. So I know, I already know. I know love is patient. And I know it's not forced and it's not rushed and it's not pushy. And love is what? Love is what? And God is? Okay, come on. Love is what? Patient. First patient. First Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient. And God is? And if God is leading you, then guess what? You're going to be what? Selah. Then his voice, number five, and I'm just going to hit these <clears throat> real quickly because I want to get to the last point. His voice will always leave us with hope, not discouragement. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 7 and Romans 5, 5. You know, when somebody, if somebody speaks a word and it leaves you down and you're, it, doesn't, it doesn't encourage you, it doesn't leave you with hope, it's not God. At least not the way you're receiving it. Maybe, maybe the way they intended it, but it brings you hope. Then, then number six, his voice instills confidence, not fear and intimidation. Confidence, everybody say confidence. Uh, Proverbs 14, 26, and the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. So, I mean, there's, there's lots of scriptures you can read about 1 first, first, first John 3, 21. Then number seven, uh, is humility rather than pride. Humility rather than pride. That's what I know about God. It's humble. It's not prideful or arrogant. And that's James 4, verse 6, Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. Again, these are just, I'm just giving you these as we go. Humble. Then number eight is love, not selfishness. Love, not selfishness. And there's all kinds of scriptures about that. 1 John 4, 16, Romans 5, 5. You know, when you know the character of God, guys, that's, I, just, I just gave you eight character traits of God. Then you run, this, you run what you're hearing through that screen because if the devil can't keep you out of the will of God, he's going to try to get you in the ditch. And, and he's going to try to, in the name of, he's going to try to use a prophetic word or some supernatural thing to try to get you out of the will of God. But if you know the character of God, you can't be deceived. And I'm not obligated to act on any prophecy, any, any vision, any dream. And I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. Okay? Because I'm not valuing the supernatural way God speaks more than what He says. Are you with me? And, and so, you know, I just, uh, man, I just <clears throat> love and the character of God. I, I know it. And, and I know if I know His character... And I know was, then, then I can run everything through that screen and then I'm safe. Now, now we've gone through all this. What I just got finished telling you, those four points and then the eight points in number, number four, those things, and it's not a legalistic thing, it's not like a checklist, but it's something, once you know all this, it's the process I, I, I run my decisions through. Okay? And, and you say, but yeah, that man, that's a, that's a lot. Yeah, but I make good decisions. I make good decisions. 
I make wise decisions. I'm not, that's not a statement of pride. That's just, that, that's just, I take the time because I care about you. I care about my wife. I care about other people. I'm intentional about what I do. Now, what I just shared with you is the process, what the Bible calls in Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of the heart. What I just shared with you is the process God's taught me about how to delight myself in the Lord. I just I take make sure I run everything through, all the things I've shared with you, I'm not going to repeat them. You know, I, that's the process. And then, now... I learn now, once I've gone through that process, more often than not, here's what happens. Uh, Number five on my points is is I I learn to trust and follow the desires of my heart. And more often than not, Mike, that's the way that I hear God. Teresa, that's the way primarily God leads me is by those desires. But, But remember, I've taken the time to drill down to those desires. I've taken the time to measure everything through his character and, and, I've, and I've got all, all those other things where I'm really delighting, I'm delighting in the Lord. The key to distinguishing the desires of your heart from the desires of your flesh is just delighting in the Lord. Yeah? And once you've submitted yourself to this process of hearing God and you've prayed and, and again, I'm not trying to give you a list of of a lot, you know, trying to give where where uh, weigh you down with, it. but it, there are things that I do that the Lord's led me to do that are involved with delighting in the Lord, so that my flesh doesn't get involved, and so that I've drilled down to what now, Steve, I can trust what desires are manifesting. Does that make sense? And um, and now. God trusts me to primarily how I hear God is by following what I want to do from my spirit. And let me give you, an, let me give you I'm, I'm winding down here, but let me give you a, uh, let me give you a scenario of what happened several years ago. We were, uh, Pastor knows, we, we had land up in Decatur. We bought this 23 acres of property because we were landlocked where we were behind Jameswood Motors. And, and, and so, Wayne, we bought, we, we ended up buying this 23 acres across from the hospital on Highway 51. And, um, and we bought it for $232,000. And then we ended up selling uh, three acres of it off after three years for $300,000. So now, now the land's paid for, but now we were planning on building on that, right? The rest of the other 20 acres, we're planning on building on that, but now the land has gone up so high. We're really seeking God about, you know, do we, it, it might be wisdom to, to sell that land and go out further out on the highway somewhere and buy some more land and pay off the debt that we had. We're praying and seeking God. I'm praying about this. And I may have shared it with you, but it's worth sharing again. I prayed, was praying and seeking God about, you know, hearing from God about this was an important decision. We're talking about now over a million dollar decision, close to two million dollars. We got to make a decision. How many of you think that's important? And, you know, and I want to hear God. So I'm praying. I'm, I'm seeking God. I'm, I'm getting counsel. I'm talking. I'm, I'm spending extra time in the Word. 
and I'm hearing nothing. Nada. Zilch. Zero. I'm saying, man, what's the deal? God, I'm praying. I'm seeking God. I'm spending time. And then I hear people all the, you know, I hear, you know, Dale Gentry, and I hear, you know, Brother Copeland, and I hear Andrew Walmack, and everybody, they're all hearing God. So, man, I got a, I got a close to $2 million decision here. And I got to hear you, Lord. Man, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, now I'm kind of ticked, really. Because, I mean, I'm seeking God. I'm praying. I'm getting counsel. I'm hearing nothing. And, and, and man, I mean, now it's come down to the wire. We've got to make a decision. And my leaders are looking to me for, you know, to hear God. And finally, you know, God speaks in a series of questions he already has the answers to. He said, son, have you been seeking me? And I said, you know I have. He said, have you, have you been spending extra time in my word to get down to the, your spirit? I said, yes, you know I have. Have you been getting counsel? I said, yes, you know I have. He said, have you heard anything? I said, you know I haven't. And he spoke to me something that was so liberating to me. Morgan, I'm talking, I mean, I'm talking about liberating this boy. He said, son, when, you've, when you're seeking me about a decision and you're making yourself available to hear my voice and you're spending time in my word and you're getting counsel, you're making sure you're circumcising your heart from any, any fleshly decisions, you're, you're, you know, you're spending time in my word, you're seeking me and you don't hear anything, it's because you've already got my mind on the matter. I trust you. You've got, doesn't the word say that we have the mind of Christ? You, he said, you've drilled down to it. Now follow the desire of your heart. I don't need to talk to you about it. You've sought me. You've prayed. You've spent the time in my word. You've sought counsel. And you've heard nothing because you don't need to hear anything. You have my mind. I trust you. Go and act on what, I, what you feel is best in your heart. Whoa. Wow. You mean, you mean I don't have to, I don't have, I don't have God hold my hand? I, I don't have to have him turn to the <laughs> turn to the left and turn to the right and you know turn around and you know st jump up and sit down and no man no 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 go sit down and hold your wife's hand <laughs> no 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 <clears throat> look I'm available if he's going to speak to me I've sought him but look I've, I, I committed myself in 1976 to the will of God. I my wife and I have launched ourselves out. And we haven't looked back. And if there's in the, in the middle of continuing to follow God, if we're seeking Him about a decision, even a million dollar decision, two million dollar decision, major decision, if I'm seeking Him, if I'm making myself available, you know, I listen to extra, you know, I listen to pastor's messages and different ones and I'm hearing nothing. The Lord said, you don't need to hear anything, son. You've got my mind on the matter already. Hallelujah. I'm telling you from that day and we, we sold that land. 
for $1.8 million. Count it, $1.8 million. Plus the $300,000 before, what is that? 2.1, what did we pay for it? $232,000, guys. We paid off a youth building, went out and bought 19 acres of land, so everything we have is paid for, plus 19 more acres of land. To, when, we, when, I, when I left to go to uh, Andrew's uh, ministry, we, we left that church with $2 million of property. <laughs> paid for, hallelujah. Not by, not by a prophetic word, not by a vision or a dream, but by God trusting me that I could hear his voice. You have his mind. I said, you have his mind. Do you not? Then you need to walk in confidence because that's primarily how he's going to lead you. And man, from that day forward, I have now I haven't made light with this. I still go through the process. I still make sure that my because my flesh can still get involved. I still you know, circumcise my heart from that. I still spend time with God and get counsel and all that. But the bottom line, I make myself available to hear Him. And if I'm not hearing anything, it's because he, I, he, I don't need to. I've got His mind. I've got His voice. It's in my spirit. I've drilled down. I've got it. I've tapped into it. And I act like now I've heard God. Not in pride. Not in pride at all. Because even when I step out on that, I, I'm still dependent upon him he can speak to me he can change directions he can whatever but I don't I don't second guess my decisions anymore and I stay in the will of God and so will you amen amen does that help you does this help me a whole bunch won't you stand up with me tonight thank you father how many of you know absolutely positively, without any shadow of a doubt that you're born again. If you died tonight, you go to heaven. Lift your hand real high. Okay, put your hand down. How many of you couldn't lift your hand? Or you say, Pastor Greg, that, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I still call myself pastor, so <laughs> it's hard to get, my wife's a pastor's wife, so I got to, <laughs> they still call me pastor, they call me Pastor Greg at, at, at uh, Cares Bible College. <clears throat> But you, you say, you know, I'm, uh, I, I've been born again, but I'm not in the place that I once was in my, in my relationship with God. And you know, it could have been that, that something happened, disappointed you, like I talked about earlier. Some individual disappointed you, some church disappointed you, some leader disa you know, disappointed you, something happened. Uh, but I'm telling you, Jesus will never disappoint you. And it's time for you to get back in to the kingdom of God. It's time for you to come back to Father's house. It's time for you to trust God and launch yourself fully in the will of God. On either of those invitations, you're either not sure if you're saved or, uh, you, or you say, you know, I've, I know I was saved at one time, but you know, I'm not really walking in the center of the will of God. And I want to. I'm, 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 uh, there is this thing of recommitting yourself to the will of God. That's still available today. If that's you, lift your hand real high. Lift your hand real high. I want to pray for you on either of those, those invitations. I want to be born again, come back to God, or I want, to, I want to recommit myself to the will of God. Anyone? All right. We get everybody saved this morning.
Praise the Lord. All right. Um, let me ask you this. How many of you here are available to stay right in the center of the will of God? If that's you, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Just put, just put one hand to heaven. Just say, Father, it is my heart to stay right in the center of your will. To make decisions in keeping with your will. And I ask you to give me confidence to hear your voice, to stay in the will of God, to trust the desires of my heart, and trust that you trust me. In Jesus' name. Now let me pray for you. Father, I'm praying right now for a release of the will of God, the mind of Christ, in Jesus' name, in your people, that they hear from heaven. Father, that that when, when it doesn't appear that there's any supernatural way you're speaking, Father, they can follow the desires of their heart and they'll stay right in the middle of the will of God. I call you in the will of God. You will stay in the will of God. You will hear the will of God. You're not going to miss the will of God. And nations and cities and families and, and, uh, and individuals are going to be shaken by the power of God through your life. Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? We'll give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, just lift your hands to the Lord and just pray in the Spirit for a moment or two. Would you just do just Just pray in the Spirit for a few moments.